beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the pod. My name is Robert. I'm Sam. And I'm muted. And I'm Trey. (laughs) (laughs) And we're three black men. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. And on today's pod, we have a special guest. An esteemed esteemed (laughs) guest, we have the New York Times bestselling poet, Nikki Grimes. Welcome. Welcome. Yes, that is an applause. Thank you. Hi, I'm I'm excited. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. And I just want to back up a little bit and just say a bit about uh, Nikki uh, before we get started. Uh, we're in, we're gonna include in the show notes uh, <laughs> of more of a bio and more of uh, Nikki's awards and her books. And today on the pod, we're gonna be talking about her latest offering, uh, Glory in the Margins, uh, Sunday Poems. but there's a long track record here. Um, yeah. So <laughs> tap in. Okay. Um, and we're going to have uh, how to buy this, this latest offering. Um, I hope y'all already Googling how to find yeah. it right now. Yeah. Um, but um, so she has previous books and previous offerings, um, including um, uh, Southwest Sunrise and Kamala Harris Rooted in Justice and uh and she's the recipient of so many awards that when you go down the awards list it is vast uh including um numerous Coretta Scott King awards and author honors and yes so in the show notes I'm gonna list a lot of those awards and honors and so I'm I'm intimidated right now and my face (laughs) is on the cover of this podcast (laughs) yes so again welcome so Nikki tell us a bit about yourself how you show up in the world what what things are important to you um yeah, and introducing yourself here in the space. Gosh. Well, the single most important aspect of my story is my faith. Mm. Uh, without my faith in God and subsequently my faith in myself, I wouldn't be here. I would not have survived the trauma of my childhood and my teens, let alone thrived. Um, so that is, yeah, it's all about the story of faith and um, and my gift and what I do with it. You know, often I think people assume if you have a particular gift, um, it's going to be easy for you to realize it. And if you don't realize it, then, you know, it's not really a gift. Um, but yeah, that's not true. 
you have a gift and then you have to work to realize it. And um, sometimes the world is not going to help you realize that gift and you might have to do battle in order to realize it. But if God gave you the gift, it's because he means for you to use it. Man, you better Talk preach. <laughs> about using it. I have no patience with people who have gifts who are sitting on them. It's like, oh, God did not give you that gift to sit on. And mm -hmm. so I'm all about using, um, using the gift God gave me for, for writing, for language, for art, um, to encourage, to inspire, to be a light in the darkness, uh, all those sorts of things um, is, is what I'm about. And there are all kinds of ways to do that. I do it in children's literature. I've done it in essays and stories. Um, and, but most especially I, I get to do it now in this new way um, that I've always wanted to um, by bringing my poetry into a worship sphere and using it to, to challenge, to inspire, to exhort, um, sometimes to just shake people by the collar as God leads me to, to do that. Uh, yeah. I love that. And it's a, it's, it's a great thing for me. I mean, you know, the church considers it a gift, but that I, that I get to do it is my gift. Amen. Amen. Uh, and I, I feel it's, you know, really blessed to have that opportunity. And the great thing is, I dive as I dive into scripture to work on each of these pieces, I get to spend more quality time with God. Yes. You know? So I'm already getting something out of it before I even share it. Can you walk Sunday? Can, can you walk us through that real quick? Because I was wondering, I noticed at the end of each of these poems, um, like you you put the uh, a scripture or scriptures passages often um, that, that kind of correspond to the theme in there. And I'm wondering, like when you're constructing these, is it a matter of there's something on your heart and then you get the words and then the scriptures come later? Or do you start with the scriptures and then come with the words? Like how did that process go? I start with the scriptures because what I... What I did when I, I got to this particular church and I went to the pastor and I said, you know, I love doing poetry on Easter and Christmas and that's nice. I've been doing that for years, but I'd really like to have an opportunity to write a poem to go with every sermon okay. every week. And so I would just have him give me the title or if somebody else was preaching, give me the, the title of the sermon and the scripture. That's it because I don't want to know what God is talking to them about. Mm. I just want that piece of information so that I can go to God and ask him to talk to me about it. And mm. I ask him to give me whatever nugget he wants me to share with the congregation because he knows mm. what's needed. I don't know what's needed. He knows what's needed. And so, you know, I pray on that and I open myself to that and I let God just lead me. And writing that piece. And I love week after week after week how on Sunday morning, whatever I wrote, what songs the worship you know minister has chosen. Yes. There's always this, yeah. you know, lock, and people are like, what? And I'm like, 
it's a God thing, honey. This is a God thing. It's totally, I love that. we have so no control much. over this. God is doing this. Right. That's I how love we that know so much. It's yeah. like a genuinely like communal approach to worship in that where, where so many different gifts, especially when you mentioned that, the, like the worship sinks in, or I'm sorry, using regular church terms, but, but like the music will sync up with the sermon, with the poetry that you're composing and everything, mm-hmm. and all of these different aspects, all marching and sync and everything. It's, it's such a like gorgeous picture of what worship can and in my opinion should look like Mm. Like, i I love that so much thank you for that and can we can we uh insert here that that in your church you are the poet laureate at your congregation just for clarity for those listening and can you talk about that title um and even how that relates to this uh book glory in the margins well, in, in that capacity, again, I just, on, on a regular basis, I offer poems to go with the sermon. I can no longer do it every week now because I'm just I, traveling so much. Well, not in the last year and a half, but before then I was always on the road. Um, and so I began to look for other poets in the congregation uh, to step up in that role because once I started doing it and the congregation got used to it, when I wasn't available, they were not happy. It's like, where's my poem? We didn't get our poem. So now there are a few of us who can cycle through um, doing, you know, doing the, the poetry on, on Sunday. Um, and of course, every week people would ask me, can I get a copy of that? And I'm like, well, I don't really do that, you know. Um, but then after a while, I started thinking, well, Maybe I should just collect some of these into a book. You know, mm. that when somebody asks, can I get a copy? I can say, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> here's a collection for you, you know. And so 13 book, months worth of them. Yeah, right. January to January. And I've been doing this for <laughs> five, six years or so. So I just pulled 100 poems out of that collection that I've built over this period of time. I did not even know that a poet laureate was something you could have in a church like that. That is not even. And, and, I love, and I mean, not in like a legal sense, but it just never crossed my mind. And, yeah. and I've been in churches with like spoken word ministries and stuff like that. But the idea that that would be a gift that is not only recognized, but honored and mm-hmm. celebrated in such a fashion that like, no, this is part of how we worship. This is going to be part of how we do this together as a community. Um, like the idea, the concept that never even crossed my mind. So in that way, you have helped me dream a little bit bigger. Thank you. Well, we call it multi-voiced worship. And so we have certain uh, days of the year that are art Sundays. And we have professional artists in the congregation who do uh an art day of, of worship it's all visual art that everybody gets involved in wow. um we have uh people who are doing theater who will come in and do a skit or do you know some sort of um drama series um at different times during the year um so whatever your gift is there's a there's a place for it we have uh the the visual artists had a real um, vision for having an art gallery. 
um, at the church. Mm. And they presented it to the same pastor. And he said, sure, let's give it, give it a go. And the congregation put together the money to bring in professional lights because you need lighting if you're going to do art. And so you bring, end up bringing in people over the transom who would never darken the door of a church. Mm. Or they're coming in to see art or they're coming in to see drama. Or I mean, that's not why we're doing it, but that's one of the, the pluses you know, that happen. And it also just opens up people to worship in new ways, in different mm. ways. And to realize that, you know, we don't always, we, we talk about there being a place for everyone, but we don't always see that. But in multi-worship yeah. this way, you get to see, in fact, there is a place for everyone. Everyone has a gift and there's a, there's a place for that gift. And there's a way to worship and honor God through whatever your gift happens to be. Absolutely. I mean, and I think too, like the Bible is a, a collection of genre, different genre of literature. Yes. Like, uh, so why why shouldn't we have poems and, and worship? Why should it stop um, outside of that? Yeah. So I, I love the idea of that. Yeah. In that I same vein, that. right? Like, um, I've been real open about it. I said, uh, like, it's, it's something I try to encourage people to to join me in. But like, my in my daily devotions, right? I read the Bible every day because that's what we're supposed to do, and because because I love the Bible. But I also read poetry as a part of my because I found that like engaging in poetry, even even secular, worldly poetry, like all, all that stuff, it it has made me a better uh, reader. Like, I'm, I'm better able to. Uh, to discern the tensions and the the things that people are trying to express through various mediums. And I do that literally right after or during the same time that I read my Bible every day, because some of the Bible is to be frank poetry, like they're they expressing things. And, um, and, and so as a matter of fact, for the past few weeks, like I, I have a reading log that I keep up, like for the past few couple months here, I've, I've actually incorporated your work into my daily devotions. Um, and it's been like such an amazing thing for me to go through. I, I cover such a spectrum of emotions because I start in the Bible and then I'm reading some of your poetry and then I'm reading poetry that's talking about like the, the evils of America and how hard it is for black people and, and, and the range of human emotion that I'm able to cover. Um, but I was wondering if like, are there any poets that have inspired you um in any sense of the word and, and i say that i'm about to write it down because i'm always looking for, for more people to, to incorporate oh my gosh um yeah well i love lucille clifton all day yes <laughs> <laughs> um mari evans mary oliver lucy shaw uh our, our favorites um denise leverto uh and there are other poets who aren't specifically writing from a Christian perspective, but certainly a spiritual one. Right. Um, and I would include Naomi Shebnai in that uh, list of poets. You see a pattern there, while well, women, I'm really about women. Yeah. Not that the guys can't hang, but you know, I'm about the women poets. <laughs> I fully we understand. We are too. <laughs> we are too. <laughs> but on the male understand. side of the ledger, I love Wendell Berry. Um, yeah, he's really connected to God in a, in a, in a beautiful way. And so I, I love his stuff. Um, Most definitely. I don't, the, the, again, don't necessarily have a, um, writing from a Christian perspective, but 
whose work is just really strong and seems to me, Curtis Prisler, Pablo Neruda, Basho, I love haiku. I can read that like all day, every day. Richard White's haiku. I was so glad when I discovered those um, because nobody had ever talked about Richard Wright writing haiku and he just did some glorious collections of haiku. Uh, love that work. I and literally, three days ago, it's in my reading log. Like I just finished working through some of those. So, and, and I say that I cut in because I want I want to let you know, you do not have to feel obligated to stick to people who work or write from a Christian perspective on this here podcast. That's not how we right. get down. We, <laughs> we, we about theology, culture, and the world around us. So whatever yeah. it is, that's, that's, that's getting the wheels turned. We want to hear about it. We, we <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Gary yeah. Soto, Henry Dumas, Horace Langston, gotta have Langston on that list. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, of course the problem with mentioning your favorites is that you mention one and you're omitting 10, you know, cause yeah. the list is so long, but those yeah. are just just some of, uh, of the poets that kind of get me going. We'll take the fall on that. Anybody okay. who wasn't listening, <laughs> if you wasn't listed, she said your name. We, act, we, we had to edit it out for Tom's purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so, happy that you mentioned Lucille Clifton first oh, um, I, my heart is happy heart. it's singing my right now oh, and God. yeah my heart is singing Love her. <laughs> um, we were represented by the same agency so I got to meet her uh, at, at one stage and it, and it was we had like a love fest because she loved my work I loved her work and it was just yes yeah, is, it was a hallelujah moment. This is the spirit <laughs> is here. <laughs> this, spirit, this, is, this is the closest I've been to Lucille Clifton. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks in here this and be like, oh. Uh, <laughs> <just> like, nah. <laughs> yeah, um, and with that, this is the perfect time to take a quick break. Stop, look, and listen, party people. I wanted to, on behalf of the three black men, give you some ways that you can support your favorite three black men. So uh, I wanted to say that, number one, you can like, rate, and review our podcast. So all you have to do is go on yeah, especially if you have Apple Podcast, just go ahead in the app, like, rate, and review. Okay? Um, but only if you have something positive to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when you like, rate, and review our podcast, uh, it uh, increases our visibility. Uh, and it helps us to um, be more credible. It helps us to uh, gain sponsorships. Uh, so yeah, so like, rate, and review. Number two, share this pod on social media. So especially when we drop trailers, go ahead, retweet that on Twitter. <laughs> and yeah, go ahead and share. And lastly, you can support our Patreon. Uh, we'll have our Patreon link in uh, the description of our podcast episodes you can also follow us on twitter um so yes so those are a few ways that you can be um active in helping to support us 
and maybe you personally don't have a lot of money and you want to know what are some ways that I can encourage and amplify these brothers voices. So those are ways that you can practically engage with us, amplify our voices and uh, the conversations that we are trying to put out there in the world. Amen and amen. Something I want to, um, <laughs> uh, on the heels of that, um, going back to your book, um, and to an earlier point you made, something that was refreshing in your book is the mixing of theology and poetry and, and the way that you're bringing it into worship, and because what might even seem natural to you because of the, the church space that you might inhabit. I want to highlight that for many of us who are in everyday churches, you're helping us reimagine what church can be, right? I, yeah. I am not in church spaces that look like what you're describing. <laughs> and um, and there, there aren't that many of them. Right. And I, like my heart is oh, leaping as you're be. describing it, right? Like I want to be in that. <laughs> yeah. I want to be there. And I even liked on the one of the first pages of your book when you said, when was the last time you heard the words poem and pulpit in the same sentence? Mm. And you go on to describe not just the place where you're worshiping, but you kind of talk about, you know, what the underpinnings of this book, Glory in the Margins, is about and how you came to select these hundred but can you talk a bit about that um marrying the poem and the pulpit can you just sketch out a bit of what that means to you and how those two things can abide together because that's beautifully stated it really, it really is it it's organic it's really natural because you know you ask somebody um what is the role, because I get asked this question all the time, what is the role of the poet? And my answer to you is prophet. And not prophet in the sense of um, predicting, but prophet in the sense of truth telling. That is the role, the chief role of the poet. And so that goes hand in hand with gospel. I'm talking about truth telling, you know, um, and, all I'm doing is truth telling about God and about God, how God works in the world and, and where he shows up in the daily lives that we live um, with all of its messiness. You know, he's not off somewhere waiting until we get everything pretty. That's like never been the story. God is always in the mix um, wherever we are, you know, calling us on our stuff shining a light, giving us a push when we need it, um, carrying us when we need to be carried, you know, all those sorts of things. So, and, I, and I, I call this glory in the margins because people who live in the margins have this experience, I think more than any other. And, you know, God loves the margins. He's always been in the margins and calling the margins and meeting people who are in the margins and calling us out from that place, you know, to his side and to his heart. Um, 
so for me it's 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 completely natural it's as natural as david in the psalms you know um poetry and worship have always gone together we we act like it doesn't but it's it's very organic it's very natural it's as you said it's already there in scripture scripture is yes. full of poetry yes even in some of the places we don't expect it. Oh. Especially in the places we don't expect it. Yes. <laughs> it shows up. And you're, you're, the prophet piece of what you're saying, I have never connected that succinctly, but it reminds me there's been this poem that's been resonating with me all year from Alice Walker, where she said, hard times require furious dancing. And that's been this prophetic banner for me over, we have been in hard times <laughs> um, since this pandemic started. So that profit piece, yeah, I have not thought of it that way. So thank you for that. Truly. Yeah. And I really have sen sensed it um, more strongly since the pandemic because, you know, writing is the way I process things. Poetry is how I process things. And as all these things were happening with the Black Lives Matter movement and we're getting killed left and right and trying to process all of that. And then we're, you know, dealing with this illness, you know, we don't know where, when it's gonna end or whatever. And, and so much death, just so, so much loss. There's been so much loss that we have, you know, been wrestling with. And I've, I've had to write just to process it, just to keep going, you know? And so I was doing a lot of that kind of writing in addition to, you know, I always have deadlines and books that I'm working on and all that. But aside from all of that, I have been writing my way through the last couple of years. And as I write these pieces, I'm posting them online, um, just because I have to go somewhere with them. And what has happened is people have come back to me and said, this has helped me to process this. You've said what I needed, you know, what I was feeling or what I was thinking, but I didn't know how to say it. So I realized what it was doing for me, it was also doing for other people. And what a gift that is. Um, because I wasn't doing it for anybody else. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm re really blessed that it had that impact um, for other people. But I was like, just writing to, to keep my sanity. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the things that I really appreciate about, appreciated about this is the range of, range of emotions in here from loss to grief to everything. Um, one of my favorites is actually was Mad Street. <laughs> um, just one of the things that that's been difficult and and remains difficult is um the idea that it's okay to wrestle right like we live in a society and especially like in different theological traditions you need to be certain and one of the things you say in there is like i find myself in a place where it's i don't know is an acceptable answer yes and it gives you it's like this for me um, to read reassuring words that other people have felt or experienced um, that has kind of given them permission to be where they are. Mm -hmm. um, 
and question some things and say, you know what, I thought I was sure, but I'm not really sure on that. And that's okay um, to not, uh, that can be a, a lonely place um, because for me, it's uh, it's difficult sometimes to, to express that in words, to be like, uh, um, to just say, hey, I'm wrestling with this. Is this okay? Like, is, is this normal to wrestle with? Or um, scripture, right? Uh, different different uh, texts of scripture, whatever. Just wrestling with different texts of scripture, whatever. Um, just having permission to, to, to wrestle with different theological truths where things at one point had to be so certain. And yeah. now it's okay to be like, you know what? I don't think that's okay with God. Like, I don't think Jesus approves of this, right? I don't think this is where he was standing um, mm -hmm. on this issue. And so now let's go back and wrestle with this. And um, I just really appreciated that with mastery um, because again, and it's, I feel like the last three or four episodes that we probably recorded have been like reaffirming that. And again, this like reaffirming, like it's okay to wrestle. Uh, so I really appreciated that. Well, not only that, but it, it's only when you get to that place, when you're honest enough to say, you know, I don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. Um, and God, you have to come to the end of yourself. And that's the point at which God can say, okay, now, now we can talk. Right. Yes. That's the place to right. hear me. Yes. Good. You finally came to the end of yourself. Now we can get started. You yes. Know? One of the things that I like about that particular poem is it's one of the few if not the only, but it's one of the few poems that doesn't have a scriptural reference at the end, right? Um, which gave me the impression that it came from a, from 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 a sacred place within yourself. Yes. Right. So when we talk about and Sam, you you spoke about the the idea that like okay, this whole idea of wrestling and and not being sure of certain things, which when you think about it, is the only time the only place where faith can actually happen is when you're not certain and when you have to wrestle right mm -hmm. because if if you are certain that doesn't require any faith at all faith right. is when you when when you sit down on a chair and you're not sure of the weight limit that's faith you understand like so when we talk about the, the idea of being uncertain and the idea of having to wrestle and everything that is literally where Israel got its name, right? <laughs> like that, that, yeah. that is, that is what this entire uh, uh, canon of scriptures is about wrestling with God. Mm -hmm. And when, when we get to that poem, Mad Street, and, and we don't have the benefit of scripture to lean on, and it's just our thoughts. And, and those are like, that was really powerful to me because mm -hmm. it was reclaiming something that a lot of what we've learned doctrinally and stuff has robbed us of, which is the idea that this is really about wrestling. It's not really about us knowing all of these things in, in an intellectual space so much as having a, having a tussle with God about what we do not understand and what we're not sure of. So that won't bless me greatly. Right? Yeah. There's something about when you are doing what you know you're supposed to do, there is like this confidence that God gives that man, like, <laughs> that's just amazing. Cause I can't even, okay. So I, for a little bit, I was a youth pastor and even then like doing my sermons, there's no way that I could just write it and let it go. You know what I'm saying? Like I would go back and back and back. And 
I mean, and I'm not saying like necessarily, well, I'm not there anymore. So maybe I wasn't supposed to be there, but you are literally like walking. Like, I mean, and you said before, I don't remember if it was recorded or before we were recording, you were saying like, this was something like you were trying to figure out, like, I want this to happen, right? You were looking for a way to express yourself and you found it and like, you're walking in it and you like like just nonchalantly well i'm doing this like two or three days before sunday and yes like, especially because it, go this... and it lines up but it's, like... but it's not me i mean and that's, that's... It's on my own that'd be something else true but i'm totally touche <laughs> you know god is doing this touche you know you're right, um, you're, right. you're absolutely I, right i'm there to be the vessel in that in that moment and calling on him to do it you know, and it, and it's work that is steeped in prayer. I, you know, people praying for me all the time um, for mm. for this work so that it would be his and not mine. When I'm reading through a piece, I'm just reading through to get a sense of is this you or is this me? Because if I sense that I'm in it, I, I would I don't want to be in it. This this has yeah. to be from God. I'm asking Him to speak, Hallelujah, to His congregation through me. That, that was talking here he's doing the talking you know he's just using me as as the vessel for for this particular piece yes and so yeah and and you know i get confidence from that and i i you know i'm also i'm getting i'm getting the witness of the holy spirit while i'm doing the work so that I know, okay, this is you, you know, and it's so, really clear that it's him, yeah, and not me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a whole other. It's a whole other category, unlike anything else, any of the other writing that I do. Yeah, yeah. I love so that. twice, twice in that response, you used the word vessel. Which is dope because I'm sitting there. I had a list like we were like, okay, what, what's our favorite poem? We we had it, and, and I sent Sam and Rob a list, and like I was narrowing it down. And just now, that, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me because one of my favorite poems in this whole book is the poem "Vessel," as you did right. And I'm I'm gonna <laughs> drop a couple words. I don't, I don't know if you need the page. You know, it's page seventy nine. Page seventy nine. Okay. Page seventy nine in that. Um, and 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 if you don't mind, if it's okay with you, um, can I can I read the first few lines? I don't, I don't know if you if you wanted to do it or. or read it perfect yes clear as crystal ritual is an empty vessel the weight color beauty or ugliness of it depends on what sits inside it cannot hide the dark pulp of a poisoned heart the muddiness of murderous intent or envy green as gall gossip avarice adultery, all sin shows through, all holiness too, and generosity and love. Yes, ritual has its own beauty, like cut glass reflecting bright rainbow shards wherever the light lands. Yet the vessel is neither light nor rainbow and no ritual is of itself holy. But we can be if we fill ourselves with the Lord. Yes. I'm so happy right now. I hear this read their own words. So, yes. 
Yeah, I tried to, I didn't want to put you to work, but, <laughs> but yes, it is way, it's more powerful. Yeah, I love reading. <laughs> yeah, it's more powerful when you read it. Amen. <laughs> no. Go ahead. I, like I, love, I love, I love that particular poem because it talks about basically or one of one of the takeaways i got was just this idea of the neutrality of of some of the things that we cherish so much um and how it's not it's not that the ritual itself um, in in this particular work right um it's not the ritual that gives it its value it, it's it's what is contained or, or what that ritual is the vessel for what fills that um and that, and that one that one sat with me um real hard because um especially over the course of this pandemic when we got to see uh, what was really valuable and, and what was not um, in, in a lot of different ways. Like we got to see some of the things we were doing just because we felt like is what we were supposed to be doing. And then we had to see um, organizations, groups, communities, churches find new ways to do that, which was necessary, um, especially when, when, when uh, we were in the heat of, shutting all sorts of stuff down or whatever. And, and that resonated with me in so many different ways. It, it took me to a um, very important and, and somewhat vulnerable place, because uh, especially as one who is in professional ministry and, and uh, struggles at times with, with well, wait, why are we doing this and everything? So, so thank you for that offer and I appreciate that. And continue to struggle. That means God's talking to you and you're yes. I, I love I love the struggle. Well, this struggle, not all the struggle. Some of the struggles I went far away from. I was me. like, brother, we do. I was gonna say some struggles like, are just no. garbage. Like, like stop it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to ride the struggle bus. I like maybe the struggle plane, like a spirit spirit frontier. Like I can do. Yeah. It. Stop. <laughs> Cut. <it>. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. What two two questions I want to ask before we go. Uh, first, when people are reading this work, what is what is something that you want people to take away from this work? We have what we enjoy about it, and people will get that. You know, we're going to continue to talk about it. But what's something in your heart? What do you want your readers to take away from this? It's so funny because in this collection, I didn't think about it so much in terms of that. Although I'm hoping that churches will make space for poetry and for other forms of art in worship and realize the value of it. So I hope that's one of the things that definitely comes from it. Um, I offer it for you know, personal use um, for devotionals, but also, you know, poetry that can be brought into the pulpit. Um, I hope that it will inspire um, other, other churches to just open the doors to this kind of worship, to multi-voice worship. Um, and that just more of the arts would find its way, you know, into uh, into our services, into our lives, um, in in fellowship, in worship. I certainly hope that happens. Um, I hope people are encouraged to be honest 
with themselves and with God and to know that's okay. Um, I don't write about things that are easy. It's not all pretty and musical. You know, God is real and he's real in all of the places that we find ourselves, in all of the messes that we find ourselves. Um, <clears throat> and he wants to be close and he, he wants us to be open to him and to crawl into his lap and to call him daddy and to know that, that it's, that's okay, that you can have your questions, you can have your doubts, you can be wrestling um, with you know, social injustice, whatever it is that's going on in the world and know that God is here for that. He's here for all of it, you know? Um, and, you know, he can take it. We can yell at him and he can take that. He's not gonna leave us, he's not gonna go away. You know, if we're um, yeah. angry or wrestling with something or, you know, don't understand something, and you know, and we're railing at him. He's he's big enough to handle that. And come, come on, speak to me. You know, I'm here. Yeah, it, it's it's so funny you 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 mentioned that that he's not. I'm we. I come from a tradition where, <laughs> um, there's so much made of God being uh, omnipotent right he's powerful he's all powerful he's all knowing um but we have so many ways of limiting him uh in in his presence right in our worship um and in how we relate to him and how we allow for him to relate to other people sometimes right um so i love i love this project i'm so happy uh that we got a chance to um read this and speak with you this has been a blessing to me um like i i had trey actually got me adding poetry to my daily um devotions as well uh and so this uh also has uh made it also i got also got rob's uh, little rob, rob got a little devotion so i, I put on to so uh yeah um I'm a, I appreciate the work that you do. And I hope that with you, I'm praying with you that more churches do open the door for that because I would actually love to be in a church that has that um, as well. So how can the people connect with you? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? With you? All, all of those. All of those? <laughs> all of those. What's your what's your what's your Twitter? Yeah. And, if yeah, what's your Twitter? We can get those with? and put them in the show notes. Oh well. yeah. Yeah, at, we, we at Nikki Grimes, what, what is it? Nikki Grimes, is it at Nikki Grimes and Nikki Grimes? I don't even know. Yeah, I'll find yeah. out for follow you. I'll, I'll follow you. Yeah, I know I follow her. So we'll you add Nikki Grimes nine on Twitter. That much I know. Okay. I was gonna say yeah. I follow her, so I'll find it. We'll awesome. Find and then on Instagram is poetry Nikki. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And I'll include all that info in the show in notes. The notes. Awesome. Well, awesome. thank you so much for I joining. Also have, thank um, you, thank a website you. called um, Journey uh, Poems for the Pulpit that have a whole other set of, of poems that you might want to read. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Can you repeat that? Well, yeah. Can you repeat that one more time for the people? Journey Poems for the Pulpit. Journey Homes for the Pulpit. Poems, poems, poems for the Pulpit. pulpit. Poems for the Pulpit. Yeah. Yeah. Journey so, Poems for the Pulpit. Yeah, so look for that. Okay. 
Got it. Sweet oh. deal. Oh, anything else? Any uh, any other upcoming projects you want to tell us about? <laughs> Tease us about? Right. Oh, <laughs> you got, got a cat in a bag. We, you yeah, want to let we, out? We, we, we holding on to glory in the margins. <laughs> we, we we blessing the people with this. Anything else uh, yeah. you want to tease us with? Oh my gosh. Um, well, let's see. I have a follow up to Garvey's Choice, a new novel. It's a novel written in Tonka poetry. I don't know if you've seen it. Anyway. Oh. But I'm doing a new novel on Garvey called Garvey in the Dark, and it's set against the pandemic. Okay, and, this about yeah, to be lit. So, <laughs> I'm also doing a graphic novel, novel adaptation of Garvey's Choice because I just want to try something different. You stay yeah. working. Let's go. Let's... Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I'm like a crazy woman. <laughs> Uh, what else I got going? Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. I have a series for young readers, uh, for toddlers reading. Um, Bedtime for Sweet Creatures, Off to See the Sea, which is a bath time book. And um, the third one for that is in the works now. Um, and it's called Playtime for Restless Rascals. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I, yes. I love it because they're just joyful. There's just, they're joyful. Um, and I just want to see more joy in Black books. And these are joyful books for our little ones. Um, so that's going on. Oh my gosh. You got probably like about eight you different projects going on. <laughs> You, this is this is a wide range and you got papas on the on the podcast so i mean you just covered a wide range of stuff okay yeah, right. <laughs> you just uh -oh. yes little ones i have chapter books uh new chapter books coming out so that's yeah i'm hitting all the different ages Okay, I love it. Nikki stays in a bag. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. thank you so much for joining us. Thank, like, yes, thank you so very, much. Very, very honored um, that you would share your time with us, and um, I am eager to share this this blessing um, that you have bestowed upon us with the people. Um, and and I hope that God bless you real good. Yeah. Real y'all go check out uh Glory in the Margins Sunday poems and the rest of them works that she done told you about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Because <laughs> we now have a Patreon. Which Thank I want to encourage each and every one of y'all to to visit at uh, Patreon.com/slash Three Black Men. Uh, think through it, pray through it, ask God uh, <laughs> if if He would have you partake in this work that we're doing. Because on top of some bonus content here, we have uh, some blog pieces going up. There's going to be some devotional content coming out, and I want to encourage you guys um, to visit that Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Three Black Men. Go watch and, my um, kids ruin my videos. Go ahead, watch, watch them. <laughs> them. Them babies ain't want nothing, man. Matter of fact, there's, there's more people gonna sign up to, to see them babies. How about that, bro? <laughs>